Oh, very catchy music. Very catchy. I always get excited when I hear that music. Oh, oh and we're big screen now. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. The we magic. are big. We are big screen. Look at that. The magic. What of a technology. handsome. What a handsome bastard over here. Look at there. One of that's us. my mustache look. Okay, okay, yeah. One of us is handsome. I don't see the other one. But... <laughs> Sid, Hello. how are you? Yes, I am good. I, I had a one week uh, off. Dutch Mantel, he he cheated on me and had a I missed you. A different co-host. You missed me. Yeah, I missed you. Too, oh buddy. man, I, I missed you badly. So. And I kept saying all during the week. I talked. I, I, I kept talking to Richie. I said, "Where's Sid? Is Sid going to be back?" He said, "Rest assured that Sid will be back. If you just keep bothering, I'd hit him up every day. Like, hey, where are you? I, I, and what happened? And what happened to you? See, I'm I'm concerned about your welfare too. That 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 would really warm my heart if I think if I thought that was true. That would really warm my heart if you if you really if you were so really that are you about. are you alleging that part of that may be a little fictitious? I think you're I, I think you're working me a little bit just a little. Well, who doesn't who doesn't work people? It, you know, everybody yeah. everybody works everybody else. You know, girls work their boyfriends all the time. And the guys work the girls all the time. The bosses work their uh, work through employees all the time. Same way with employees to the boss. Boss, where were you? Oh, sick. Hell, this damn out at the bar getting drunk. That's that's where they were. Tell the truth. I, where is truth anymore? Truth has just escaped the American scene. It, oh, it's the world from, scene for that. Yeah, the the truth nope. is it's whatever you make it. Yeah, that go. is it. That there is it. Go. There you go. Drop some knowledge for you to start the show. But yes, we are here. We are back. Your regular smack talk host. Well, at least two thirds of us. Shouts out to Rick Uccino, who is not feeling too well. Uh, he's been through a lot this week. Hey. So send your loves, your support uh, to Rick Uccino at Rick Uccino on your all social media platforms. Send some love to Rick because he's had a tough week. So he's not here with us. So we're dedicating the show to Rick. Good. And what is wrong with Mr. Rick? Well, he was he sick. May be, he, may be, he may be sick of us. That's I mean, what he may be sick of. I mean, he didn't do I believe he didn't do another show with me this week. So I don't know if you're on to something. Oh, okay. 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 Maybe. So Rick, maybe. We're sending well wishes to you and hope you're back soon. Yes. Because I miss, I miss Rick too. We hope Rick is back either next week or the week after. Maybe not next week because it is the holiday week. Happy Thanksgiving, early Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, this, is, this is the last time we'll be seeing you before Thanksgiving. And, of course, sound off in the live chat. We love to hear from all of you. We'll try to highlight some comments as we go along, especially if you send a super chat donation. But the simplest way you can help us out, drop the thumbs up on this video, share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, family, on all your favorite social media platforms, and subscribe to the Sports Keto Wrestle Binge YouTube channel and get a University of Dutch hat. Stop it. Wait a minute. I'm not giving these away free. They're for profit. Profit of only. I didn't think hey, yes. I didn't say I didn't no, say you said you, you oh I didn't want you well, I don't I'm want just... them to steal your hat like they stole Nana's weed. <laughs> ah. 
Hey, this I don't know if you first... saw that. There, there was a promo this week with Hangman Adam Page about... who said he was yeah. going to beat Swerve Strickland's ass, beat his manager, Prince Nana's ass, and then steal his weed. And steal his Great. what? Steal his weed. Because he basically said that, that Nana is making a living off of Swerve's back and then going downstairs to the hotel parking lot and buying weed from a high school kid. Oh, my God. Hey, that that Wait, would almost match up with a, AEW doing the doing the snort at the table on their paper. Oh, will, will you stop? Will you stop? Well, that's that's what they did. I loved, I loved it, and I thought about man, we used to. I thought about this years that's not ago. AEW, it was NWA. Oh yeah, it's NWA. <laughs> but but you're here to correct me. But did you see it? Did you yes, see I that? Did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I, I kind of liked it. It may have got him kicked off TV, but I kind of liked it anyway. So, but there's my University of Dutch hat for sale, by the way. There you go. And uh, to Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at gmail.com. Write me and I'll tell you how to get it. And we have uh, Raju in the live chat here with us before we get into the SmackDown review or any news notes that we need to get into. We have Raju asking, hey, Dutch, uh, heard you and Vince were on a call recently. Tell us the story. Okay. Can you keep anything silent in the wrestling business? No. And this is not Vince McMahon, which I got, we got news about him, too. This is not about Vince McMahon. This is about Vince Russo. And he was replying to a, a podcast that I do uh, called Storytime with Dutch on YouTube. Go over there and please subscribe. 101,000 subscribers right now. It's not bad. So anyway, go over there. But he, but he is uh, replying to some comments I made, which are comments that I've heard. And he says they are not true. They are total lies. And for the sake of transparency, I said, Vince, you need to come on my podcast, Storytime with Dutch, and we'll get to the bottom of this. And you you can issue your denials. But I think it would be one of my best podcasts. And he's, he's invited. I think he's coming on the week after Thanksgiving. So. Very so. But very, so. Yeah, very, very good conversation with Vince. Uh, I like Vince. Vince likes me, I guess. But we will see. But I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what he has to say. Should be interesting. Should, what comments was he responding to? Well, it was the bra and panties match in WWF. He said he had nothing to do with that. <laughs> Never had anything to do with it. And it was uh, a something else that he uh, he he denied having anything to do with. But on the podcast, we'll jump headfirst into it, and we'll get to the truth. By God, one way or the other. Did you there see SmackDown? Did you see SmackDown tonight? Of course, that's our job. Okay. I'm what did you think you. about the show overall? <laughs> What did you think about the, the show? show the, no, no, the show was okay. I thought I thought with my con, uh, remote almost for the first hour to get it to work. I'm glad it taped, so I had to go back. Hey, the the interview with 
I can't remember his name. What's his name from that? Escobar? Escobar. Good interview. Yeah. A lot of noise piped in. Yes. But it was a, yeah, it was too much. But a lot of noise. But the interview and the follow through on that interview was was very good. And I thought he was going to do something a little more physical to Zelina. But she left. But when she slapped him, that was good. And he left. And then here come, here come uh, Mr. Carlitos in there. And now we got an angle. Now we can, while, while Mr. Mysterio is, our Senor Mysterio is recuperating, now he can step right back into another angle. It, was, it, it flowed very nicely now. They did a good job of that. Yeah. I thought that was kind of the highlight of the night, but uh, not the main story of the show. So we'll start with that. Uh, before before we get into that, of course, once again, drop the thumbs up, sound off in the live chat, send those super chats, if you will, yep. to send your support to what we do here. But the show kicked off with a video package recapping everything that went down with damage control last week with Asuka joining the ranks. And we started off with an opening segment with damage control in the ring. The group soaked in a bunch of booze to start off. And then Bailey said they were just there to have a good time. And she welcomed everyone to SmackDown. Bailey called the crowd dumb dumbs and uh, called called last week's <laughs> developments one of the top five moments in WWE history. She says that they are playing chess while the other idiots are playing Candyland and nobody was ready for Asuka. She laughed, but the rest of the group didn't laugh. So this was once again them kind of sowing the seeds of the group is not 100% with Bailey here as Asuka then spoke in Japanese. So did Kyrie Sane and, and EO Sky. They both What laughed. did they say? I, I don't know. We, we won't know but, until it's translated. The- we'll find out. But actually, that's pretty good because you put your own meaning to it. She you said can, this. Yeah. This is what she means. Yeah, that's. I think that's. Make the audience work a little bit. Make them think instead of the writers doing everything. Make the audience, people watching it, make them work. I, I kind of like that anyway. Okay, continue. I'm listening. I missed kind of the first segment because I couldn't get my TV work. So. Oh, okay. Well, Dakota Kai, she chimed in and said that it wasn't the new and improved damage control because there was someone in the ring who wasn't in the new damage control. The crowd reacted and was like, oh. And then uh, Kai then said that it was actually Asuka because she wasn't in the group yet. She said they were get, they were re- they were waiting for Bailey to make it official, and Bailey got on one knee and asked Oscar to be in the group, giving her a damage control shirt. Uh, Bailey presented her with that, and the faction then celebrated when Oscar took it. And uh, Dakota Kai mentioned how the women will be in war games, and they are challenging uh, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, and Shotzi to find a fourth member for their team. This started the music of Shotzi to interrupt. She appeared out of nowhere on the top rope. Her her tank rolled out on its own, kind of as like a decoy. And she attacked uh, damage control until the numbers game got the better of her. This brought out Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair. But they got beaten down. And the heels, damage control, stood tall to end this segment. So uh, I, I thought it was a nice way to kind of set up the story for the rest of the show here, Doug. Oh, I was good. 
that was good because you expect somebody to run in. And sometimes you got to it. You, you got to just take it out. It, it, it doesn't happen. But see, I, I missed this whole part because of my cable service. I should pay the bill, I guess. But on, on that tank coming out by itself, I like that. What if they came out and they had a dummy in it and it looked like her, but it's not her? Same deal. Could do that. They should use it more. I think they should use that more with a dummy of her in it. So you think, and the lights are down low, and they attack it, it's not her. Then all of a sudden, boom, she comes. And it crashes, Continue. and they think, and they think. What do you think hurt, about it? Do you like then, it? And then she, yeah, yeah. You you put the dummy in there, and then the tank crashes, oh, yeah. and they yeah. think she they think she's hurt, and they go and check, and then she comes uh, out of nowhere and attacks them. That's great. I like it. That's good. That's good. I like it. So <laughs> they're probably watching this show, and that'll probably happen next week or in two weeks. What You're if it did happen? What would you think? What would you think? I would love it. And they would, would they, they would probably get in contact with us and say, oh, we had that shit planned along. Shut the hell up. You two guys don't know what's going on, which I admit I don't know what's going on. But sometimes I worry about do they know what's going on, too? So it this could be the blind good. leading the blind here. Uh, continue. I'm enjoying Charlotte, myself here. Charlotte, Bianca, and Shotzi were then shown uh, talking backstage. Shotzi apologized for being compulsive and said she really wanted to kick their butts. Bianca then turned to Charlotte and said that she thinks she knows someone who can help them and she knows that she can make that call. Nick Alderson walked into the frame and said he'll have to know who the fourth woman will be for the War Games match by the end of the night. And then Bianca said that she was going to recruit so then that led to a couple of segments throughout the show where we saw Bianca. First, she was talking to Meechin. This was kind of like a non-audible uh, segment where we just saw them talking and then we moved on. Then when we come back from commercial break, Damage Control is standing over and beating the hell out of Meechin. Uh, so there goes that. She's out of the question here. Then we see later on in the night, after Selena Vega, the aforementioned segment with Santos Escobar, uh, we see her in the back uh, at the trainer's room with the LWO, and we see Bianca approach her and talk to her. We go to commercial, we come back for commercial, and Selena Vega has been laid out by damage control. This in the break. In the break. I mean, that damage control, when they want to get you, they don't waste any time. Exactly. So, and make sure they all the cameras the are gone. That's yeah. good. That takes a certain amount of knowledge to do that. But damage control seems to have mastered it tonight. So, okay, continue. Doing good work here. They're doing good work here. Uh, we see Shotzi, uh, Bianca, and Charlotte shown backstage later in the show with uh, Bianca telling her, yeah, Charlotte, you need to go make that call. And Charlotte says she's going to make the call. Then we see right before the final segment, uh, Belair asked Charlotte what was going on. And Charlotte said, I called her, but I don't know if she'll make it on time. And we go to the final commercial break. Outcomes, outcomes, Charlotte, Bianca, and Shotzi. And, Bian and uh, Charlotte gets on the mic and she says that they could talk about the damage damage control has done, that they were running out of time. They officially accepted their war games challenge. Charlotte says if she knows a little something about betraying best friends, but if they're going to war, well, there's one person that she had to call on. This interrupt by damage control with Bailey walking out and saying the faction has took down every 
everyone so we know that you're bluffing and she calls charlotte an idiot and a loser who if she has she doesn't have no she don't have any numbers in her in her phone book we all know that because you're an idiot i like that line that was was great (laughs) Uh, as the teams face off with damage control getting on the apron this brings out none other than the man brecky lynch she runs through the crowd and joins the baby faces this leads to a huge brawl we get charlotte and eo attempting to do stereo moonsaults but did not look good. Um, did not did not pan out as well as they thought it would. Uh, but a huge brawl kind of ends the show here. What did you think about all the developments to shape up the women's war games for next Saturday? Uh, it, was a, it was some good routines. It was good segments. Did it increase my interest in seeing it? No, because I hate I hate women four ways. I just I just don't. I never got into it. Oh, Who was left? Yeah, that's not my. I mean, some people it, it appeals to some people. To me, not so much. Who was left standing? The two left out of the ring. It was Charlotte Flair, and who's the other girl? And EO Sky. And then they started dividing, and then we went off the air. So, yeah. pretty good show overall. Well, hey, I liked uh, I liked uh, the Road Dog on commentary. World Dog on commentary. You, like you could tell. You could tell it was a very last-minute decision. It felt like. It felt like that from his. You think, you think so? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, who they have? They had uh, Owens last Kevin week. Kevin Owens. Yeah, Kevin Owens last week. Okay, you think this will be a thing to have a different, uh, I guess, uh, commentator every week? That'd be a good uh, deal. I, I th- yeah, yeah, I think they should do that while uh, Corey's on paternity leave. That would be something interesting where they could kind of rotate. See who works, see who doesn't. So, so he's on paternity leave. Yeah. Apparently, there's a baby in the picture here that I I don't know about. What yeah, happened? him and Carmella had a baby. I didn't know that. Yeah. What they named? That's what, that's what they what said last it? week. Are you I don't listen look to that. The yeah. baby's name. I don't like. I don't think that. Yeah. They, so they how long a, will they he had a be? Son. They had a son. So you're telling me that. that WWE has paternity leave for guys? I mean, he he needs to help her out. This is her first child. Well, okay. Good he's, for them. He's a vet. He has other kids. He's a vet. So. Well, anyway, uh, Corey, and who's his wife? What's her name? Carmella. Right. I can't remember names. You know that. Congratulations. What was it, a boy or girl? A boy. Okay. All right. Congratulations, guys, and hope your paternity leave goes well. That's all I can say. There you go. Uh, so you see, you see how nice I am sometimes? You're, you're so very nice, Dutch. I appreciate you for being so nice. <laughs> uh, Dutch, a couple of news notes I wanted to bring up here since we talked about the women's war games being set up and Becky Lynch making that move over to uh, the uh, SmackDown brand to be a part of this women's war games matchup. Over on the Monday Night Raw brand, they have the men's war games, which is going to have the Judgment Days, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and JD McDonough versus Cody Rhodes, Jay Uso, Sami Zayn, and Seth Rollins. 
Well, that is what it is right now, because on Monday Night Raw this past week, the November 13th episode, Drew McIntyre officially turned heel after a few months of a slow burn heel turn. He turned heel, delivered a claymore to Jay Uso, uh, helped the Judgment Day retain the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, and then shook the hand of Rhea Ripley, seemingly joining the side of the Judgment Day going into war games, and that has led to numerous reports, rumors, even chants from the crowd of who the fifth member will be. We did see Cody Rhodes on this show. We don't know if he went to see Nick. We saw him outside of Nick Aldis' uh, office, maybe going to see Nick Aldis about something. I don't know what that was all about, but we shall see. Uh, but there is the question of who this fifth member is going to be. The reports have said, Fightful has reported, Wrestling Observer has reported the same thing, that Randy Orton may be returning to be the fifth member of the War Games team. But Cody Rose being on the show, maybe it's a trade-off. You get Becky on the SmackDown War Games for the women and maybe Kevin Owens on the Raw War Games for the men. Who do you think should be the fifth member of Cody Rhodes' team? for the men's war games at Survivor Series. I kind of like the the Randy Orton choice because he won't be bogged down with having a great match by himself. He, he'll, he, he'll have help, and I think he'll get a great reaction. I'm going to go with uh, Randy Orton because he's, he's fresh, he's new, and I think the crowd would it'd pop big for him. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm going with. Nobody's okay. told me. It's a good guess. Yeah, that's a good choice. That's, that's, what, good that's choice. what I'd say. That seems you. to be the, 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 the popular choice. And speaking of choices, I know you're not you're not watching AEW full time, but a lot has been talked about about AEW. They have a big mystery surprise, quote unquote, signing. For tomorrow night's AEW full gear uh, that has been talked about this week after Tony Khan put out a tweet where he said this signing is one of the best wrestlers in the world, a pro that is known and respected by virtually every AEW fan. Uh, this has led to, you know, a lot of people speculating and thinking that it was Mercedes Monet until Fightful Select put out a report saying that people within the company said that it's not Mercedes Monet. And then that led to earlier today, Andrew Zarian of the Mapman podcast reporting, saying that Will Ospreay is the name that has been said to be the popular choice to be this surprise signing for tomorrow night's AEW Full Gear, which would be a big deal and be very interesting because WWE has, as been reported, has interest in Will Ospreay. He was going to be seen as one of the big free agents for the big 2024 where Pretty much everyone's going to become a free agent at some point. But he's apparently, if he is the signing, he would be let out of his New Japan contract early. And PW Insider reports that New Japan has allowed Will Ospreay to negotiate with other companies and start negotiations now. So what do you think? Do you think it's going to be Will Ospreay? And do you think that is a worthy enough signing with the, with the fact that WWE was going to go after him? Well, I don't think every wrestling fan knows who Will Ospreay is. I mean, if you follow social media, you might you might, you might know him, and that's the only way I know him. And I've seen a few matches that he's had, 
but his history beyond what I've seen in the last six months, I don't know about. So I don't, he may have the respect of every, every fan when you, when they see him in the ring, but I don't think that's big enough for, for the announcement that Tony made. Now Tony is known for sometimes over promoting what he delivers. The only thing that he really has delivered on that I can remember in the last year is, is the Ric Flair, the, the big guest he was going to have with Sting. That delivered. and But I don't think this will deliver. It, it may de deliver a rating, but I think the people are going to be let down because I don't think most of the wrestling fans don't know who he is. Now, most of the fans listen to this, they may they may know who he is. But do do we have a, a choice? Do we didn't you didn't you list an alternate somewhere? I can't remember. Well, Mercedes Monet was a was a popular okay. choice. Now there's, that would be a, people... now that would be a good one. Yeah. More people know her than know Will Ospreay. Yes, I agree. See, I think that. Tony, and I'm not trying to knock Tony. Tony depends on, on too much of people knowing Japan wrestling, Japanese wrestling. Well, he didn't most say, people. He didn't, well, the, the the fact is that the tweet said virtually every AEW fan knows him. I think that you're 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 confusing AEW I, fan with wrestling fan, and I think that yes, every AEW fan knows who Will Ospreay is. How do you know that? Are you because, just saying that because he's been on a he was on AEW's biggest show of all time, All In. He was the hometown guy in London at Wembley Stadium. No, beat Chris Jericho, the first ever champion. He beat Kenny Omega at Forbidden Door. He's been featured on the product for the last oh. two years. Oh, okay. Well, since you put it that way, I guess they might know who he is. But they probably know who he is a lot more than I do. Because I'm still in the dark about Will Ospreay. So we will see. You're saying Will Ospreay, right? See, see, I'm 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 always pitching good ideas for sports Kita management. We saw Riju was in the chat earlier. I don't know if he's still watching, but maybe somebody will listen to this and watch it. I am pitching me and Dutch Mantel watching yes. Will Ospreay matches for a video. A watch. Hey, that would be good. Where I, where hey, I make the watch. I, I, got Will the, I, I got the setup for it too. As a as a chair here, a recliner. You never see our faces. And there's another recliner, and you're in that one. And they're shooting between us a Will Osprey match. And you're seeing, see, that's Will Osprey. I said, so what? I still don't know him, but he's been here and he's been there. And I said, I don't give a crap. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just goes right into the screen and. But we have to come back the next week and finish that. See, it's what it, it's how you how you get a, a, an angle over. You just keep going back to it. We've done well, nothing, but yet the people would say, "What the hell was that?" So I think they well, would watch back. Uh, one more topic before we get into the rest of the show that kind of relates to this. With you know, like I said, WWE had interest in Will Ospreay. They apparently probably were one of the companies they were negotiating with that New Japan allowed them to negotiate with. But they are also interested in a lot of international talent, and it seems to be kind of like them trying to change their perception of how WWE has treated international uh, talent. And it was reported in the Wrestling Observer uh, newsletter this week 
that they are interested in Kashika Okada, who is the top guy over in New no. Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, he was in TNA, I think, during the time you were there. He was there, and that kind of ended the relationship between TNA and New Japan because he was there as a young wrestler who they wanted to be groomed on excursion and they did not treat him well, but he comes back to New Japan, becomes their top star for the last decade. And at 36 years old, new uh, WWE is now interested re- in him. And, and apparently they're using the whole Shinsuke Nakamura push on Monday Night Raw as a way to kind of show him that, yeah, we're going to treat you well if you decide to sign over here. And this goes along with them also being interested in Julia from stardom. So what do you think about WWE being interested in all these top international talent? As long as they treat them well. Hey, wait a minute. I, I know if they're top talent in, in, in New Japan, or they need to be treated well. They need to be treated with respect. because And then that builds a bond between New Japan and WWE. WWE, they they need some friends. They 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 need some help. So, and what was the guy's name that you said that TNA didn't treat well? Uh, Kashika Okada. Okada is the. I know they, they did not Kashika, treat him oh, well at all. They give Kashika, him they gave him the that Green Hornet character. Do you remember that? They gave him the Green Hornet where he was the driver from Green Hornet. Well, I don't remember that, but. I think I was already gone. What year was he there? I think it was like, it had to be 2010. I was gone. He was gone by then? But I do remember before I left, I said, let me tell you, SOB, something. You better treat that, what's his name? Okada. Okada. You better treat that Okada right, or you're going to damn regret it later on. So I want to go on record by saying I gave them fair warning about the guy, and they didn't listen to me. You did. What I, you what did. did. Dutch Mantel. Dutch Mantel. You heard it here first. He tried to warn them. He tried to warn them I what did. they were doing was a mistake. Let but me ask you something them. else. Since we're just talking off the cuff here, yeah. Vince Russo. Uh, Vince Russo. Vince McMahon uh-huh. is six hundred and forty-nine million dollars richer today. Yes. He sold his what, 86,000 shares or whatever he had mm-hmm. of stock in TKO yep. and made a nice payday. Of course, the $646 million is before taxes and before Linda gets her share of it. But <laughs> he will probably clear out of that $200, $250 million, which is not a bad payday. Not at all. Not at all. So, So I hope that Kind of clears up that Vince is not in WWE creative, but you, but you, I don't think Vince gets his his uh, due justice because he has come up with some great ideas, and that lasted for years. A couple of years ago, great, no. What what was his greatest idea? I want to ask everybody and see if they agree with me. What was his greatest idea? His greatest idea, um. What's Vince's greatest idea? WrestleMania. <laughs> well, that was one, but that's a, uh, but it, but is uh, something that he created in the wrestling world uh, and WrestleMania would fit that. I would say a character. What do you say? 
uh, character, his greatest creation, as of I mean, I mean, the decision to make Roman Reigns into the tribal chief is like the newest one that I would say was like his last great creation. Something well, that he probably should have done five years earlier. Undertaker. Well, yeah. He created, well, obvious, you, when, but you, but when, you, I, that's that's one from 1990, Dutch. I'm talking about you, that, or, that's I, his best one, though. Don't okay. you think? Yeah, it is. he's still Definitely. going. He's still going today. But I, I'm trying to name something as of late. Like you get you, you. There's only so long you can live on something that was created in 1990. Yeah, it's great that you were. They lived. So you came up. You came up with something that lasts forever. That's great. No, but you, sometimes, you, you, sometimes you can, you can, you can grow out of that, and you can not be as creatively a genius anymore. And that's what we found out with Vince. Well, yeah, you can't keep. You can have a great idea, but. Is your next idea as good as the first one? Mostly of the time, no. So I'm going to say, and you missed my whole question. That was his greatest idea. And they, they can live on it. Still, They can still book him today. And he would still draw. Because he's an institution. That's what I was saying. Of course, you had a good point. Yeah, that was years ago. But he's still over today. Correct? Yeah. Oh, oh! You're just shaking your head now. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> no, no, okay, no, no. Oh, no, continue. No. He, it's a, it, it was his one of his greatest creations. I get what you're what you're trying to say, but what I'm trying to say is that that was night that was in 1990. That's now 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, the 30 I, year run. Like I said, like I said, as of late, the only thing that I can say that he did well was allowing Roman Reigns to become the tribal chief. Okay. That's good. But Undertaker, if you want to compare, Undertaker kind of took off from the beginning because he was so different. It took Roman Reigns a couple of years to get over in, in that sure. role. Yeah. Because no, well, Tribal did, Chief. Tribal yeah. Chief, it took a couple of months. It, it took yeah, Roman he, Reigns already, overall, yeah, he, a couple of years. He he was already into it, so the tribal chief is fine. But it's it's over now, so that's why I think they're not going to make any knee jerk decisions about Roman because they remember all the time it took to get him to where they got him. They don't want to knock his legs up under him right now. All right, continue. Let me knock something else. <laughs> He's like, let me knock something else. Well, so so you know uh, what it looked like. This was the Green Hornet character on the left there for Okada, and then that's Okada on the right. What he became. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, that that kill him. <laughs> That's pretty good killing it right now. <laughs> well, let's but get I into can it. say, I can say truthfully, I didn't have anything to do with it. No. Right, well. I'm pleading <laughs> no low, no low contendere. Whatever that. Means. I tried, I tried no to blame contendere. you, but it's okay. Well, oh, yeah, first, they would blame me. Opening matchup on SmackDown tonight was the Street Profits going up against Pretty Deadly and the Brawling Brutes in a triple threat match to determine the number one contender for the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships. I thought this was a really fun match. A lot of these teams, uh, you know, haven't been, you know, given a lot of time in the in matches. Except for like Pretty Deadly and the Brawling Brutes with their last matchup. But this match, you got, you know, everybody was highlighted 
all six guys worked together very well. And the result was somewhat of a surprise with somewhat of miscommunication between one of the teams as uh, Butch went for the bro kick. Uh, Ridge Holland was accidentally hit with it, and then they took out Butch uh, pretty deadly, but Street Profits took out pretty deadly, and then they hit the revelation on Ridge Holland to win this matchup when just over 11 minutes in this one after the matchup, you get uh, Bobby Lashley coming out to celebrate with them, and now the Street Profits will move on to verse the Judgment Days, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships on next Friday, SmackDown from Chicago, Illinois. We also saw Bobby Lashley talking to B-Fab backstage during this matchup, sowing the seeds for her potentially joining this group as well. But a big win that was much needed for the Street Profits after joining up with Bobby Lashley here. So what did you think about the match and Street Profits moving on to First Judgment Day next week? Well, the match was like regular WWE style. It was good. The right team went over because they need to get those street profits moving. But it's, it's, it didn't hurt anybody. I don't think it hurt anybody. I don't think it hurt uh, the brawling brutes any, because I, I think the people kind of knew the finish going in, what's going to happen. But nothing like explosive happened in it, and it ended up the way I thought it would. And I think most people that's watched wrestling for a while figured the same thing. So do you think we're leading to the Brawling Brutes splitting up and maybe Butch going out on his own and becoming Pete Dunn again, Possibly. like, like they, a lot of fans they, want? They could do it that way because they, they, they give us the cornerstone of how it started. And they beat Butch. Uh, who, who did they beat? Uh, they, they, pinned beat Holland. Butch, they pinned Holland for the win. Okay, so he took he took he ate the pen. So yeah. Now there is any I mean they can go back and look at it and yeah, that would be the and they could drag that out past this pay-per-view coming up, and then on the other side of it, they could they could do an angle. You say a lot of fans want Butch to turn babyface. They want him to go back to being Pete Dunn, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he can do that too. Because because he was that before. so And I think if he did it, it, it pleased a certain portion of that audience because the fans are the ones, they're the, they're, they decide everything. And I think if, if, if they realize that the fans won't Pete Dunn back, they'll go back to it. So, but we'll see. That's why we watch wrestling because we don't know what's going to happen. Do, do you get the, I mean, this is something that I've been picking up on for, of the last couple of months, but I don't know if you've picked. That up I don't on know it. what I'm. That I don't know what I'm talking about. No, that uh, that <laughs> Triple H loves loves factions uh having dissension, because it seems like every faction well, or tag team has dissension. Yep, but it gives you somewhere to go. I I understand that, but I would like one of these teams or factions to get along, just to be different from everybody having dissension. Wait a minute. Okay, is that what you want? I just want. I just want tri- one. I'm calling Triple H right now, and I'm telling you, I'm saying, hey, Paul, listen, Sid don't like all the factions arguing, so stop it. Okay, all right. Just not every single one. I, give me I one faction you. that gets along. Just give me one. Just give me one. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Give you one. Not too much that. Just give me one. Just one. 
Uh, um, I don't know yet. We get a video featuring uh, SmackDown GM Nick Aldis and Dragon Lee. Aldis told Lee that uh, he would be facing Axiom from NXT on the show, saying that he wants to showcase him, so he's brought him over from NXT. We get a video uh, uh, introducing Axiom to the crowd, and then we get this matchup, and holy hell, this was like a dynamite matchup with like the Lucha Match of the year. For TV, don't you think that what they did? No, I mean, I got to watch. I thought, I thought it was a great they, match. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It, it was a great match. All the things they did were so crisp and so good. And I, you know, I'm I'm usually not a, a real big fan of, you know, the lucha libre style, but these guys they turned it on tonight. I I I kind of gotta argue with that Dutch because even when we were watching, here like, we Man go. Day, no, even when we were watching Rampage, you love the Lucha Bros. You love the Young Bucks. Like you enjoy. I think that you have you have slowly but surely from watching this generation of wrestling, this style of wrestling seems to pop you and you enjoy the most. Like anytime well, I you raise a match the most, it's usually these matches, ironically. But they but look at what they did. I mean, they did moves I've never seen. I mean and if you wanted me, and when I was wrestling, to do one of those moves, I'd say, get the F out of here. I ain't doing that shit because I could get hurt, you know. But good match, and you didn't really have a good guy, bad guy in this. It was just a wrestling match. And either one of them, I mean, I mean, the people watched it not really pulling for one guy or the other. And the right guy won, of course. But really, uh, that was a masterpiece. And they could have put that they could have put that match together, I bet, in 20 minutes. Because they've worked like that for years and years and years. And once you do that, you know what to do. They need to keep doing this with Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee is basically bringing back like the the old like WCW Nitro cruiserweight bangers that they used to give us in like the middle of the show. He's done it twice with uh, Cedric Alexander. This was better than both of those Cedric. Uh, matches here. Oh, yeah. We get just like it's just fast paced action, some high flying. You get Lee with a big missile drop kick uh, as Axiom was on the mat in a corner uh, before the commercial break. Then we come back. And how many, Axiom. And how many uh, super kicks did you see? Oh, there was a bunch of super kicks, and there was some some hard, bad, some mean super kicks. Like Dragon Lee, uh, basically like. Uh, Back to uh, look like a backdrop in the corner, hits him with a super kick to the head while he was upside down. Then he follows up that with a double stomp as uh Axiom was hanging in the tree of woe. That was fantastic. We get Axiom, uh, he hits a big springboard moonshot. Listen, <laughs> one thing I saw, he put him in the corner and he stood up on his head. And wait, yeah, yeah, that's the super the kick, when, kick he, when he when he rebounded him up <laughs> and put him back upside down and super kicked him in the face. I was like, oh, oh, I mean, and I'm and I, I and I'm nitpicking here, but I'm saying, wait a minute, he kind of looked like he kind of waited for that kick, but it is what it is. But a, a good match, very good match.
we get Lee lifts up Axiom for a power bomb. Axiom reverses that into a destroyer for a near fall. We get Lee kicks Axiom in the head. He goes to the top. Axiom cuts him off. Uh, the, we get a big Spanish fly from Axiom for a near fall. At that point, the crowd is chanting, this is awesome. And then Lee finally drops him on his head, only gets a near fall on that. He gets a big running knee. And then what uh, Rodog coined the Operation Dragon gets the win, which is the uh, <laughs> Destino for us New Japan fans of Tensuya Naito. The Destino gets the win. This was absolutely spectacular. I thought this was, well, yeah, definitely Dragon Lee's best match since coming to SmackDown. Yeah, it was a good match. So I want to see how he does when they actually put him in an angle. I would, not, really I doesn't would not do mind the... them calling up Axiom and this being a tag team. Maybe. I wouldn't mind them in the tag team division. I think they would be great in the tag team. So division. you wouldn't mind it? By God, if you're you're putting your okay on it, I'm okay with it too. Wait a minute. Uh, there you go. Another Triple one. H. Another one you write down for Triple H. Another Bring one. up Axiom right away. Yeah. Axiom was great tonight. He was great tonight. Uh, yeah, he, was, he was good. A super chat donation. We got a super chat donation from Cliff Side. Thank you so much. For your support, you can uh, do the same, hitting that money sign. How much was that there. donation? How much was that donation? It was $2. $2 donation. Oh. There you go. Cliff's side. Come on, man. You can do better than that. Damn. Please. Thank, thank oh, you, Cliff's side. Uh, he says, do the quality of wrestling shows go down in December? Usually they do. Uh, that's usually kind of like a dead time uh, traditionally yeah, but see, in wrestling. but. There's other there's certain promotions that still deliver big stuff like Ring of Honor's always had Final Battle in December. WCW used to have Starcade. Yes, yeah. ECW used to have shows in December. So I think it's more of like this generation, like the last decade or two, that the quality has gone down in December. What do you think? And I'll tell you what I think. Go ahead, tell them. Well, okay. December, Christmas, Thanksgiving just passed. December, Christmas is coming, and the people really are have spent a lot of money on Christmas, and they don't have the money to actually go to the shows or take the pay-per-views. So what they do on TV, they just do maintenance, and they don't shoot any big angles or anything. Uh, they, they can. I mean, they can do what they want to do. But I think the January is you, they rearrange everything and get started new after January 1st. Makes sense, right? Yeah, kind of makes sense there. And a lot of a lot of people, like when I book, I, I, book, I book a couple places. If Christmas come up, I take December off. I'd book it, but eh, whatever. I'll worry about it in January. And it yeah. works. Uh, then we have the aforementioned Santos Escobar segment. Santos Escobar comes out to explain his actions from last week got a nice white suit with a red shirt and the crowd is booing him saying he sucks and he said he comes out and he you think any of that noise was pumped in uh yeah (laughs) oh yeah they need to turn it down a touch because that was obvious but it's a little heavy-handed and it's the same thing with dom dom who doesn't need it they do it for dom who doesn't need it like it's ridiculous um we got Escobar who says that the old saying is true. 
to never meet your heroes. He says That's the true. crowd. He he, uh, he said he notes that how Ray Mysterio was his hero as the rest of the LWO was watching on from backstage. Escobar yep. says that Ray made him feel at home. But after last week, Escobar said he realized Dominic was right. Escobar yep. says that he deserved to be the United States champion, but instead Ray did. He said he Ray wanted to it. rebuild the LWO, but Ray took it over and brought Ray in Carlito. Uh, Escobar yep. then spoke in Spanish to Carlito, and then he said they were supposed to be La a Familia and said that Ray sided with an outsider like Carlito instead of Escobar. Escobar said, uh, all the pain Ray is suffering is like the suffering Escobar felt when Ray betrayed him. Santos said, everyone thought he'd go out there to apologize, but he, he said uh, he would apologize for not doing more no. damage to Ray. He, Escobar yeah. says that he hoped that the surgery didn't go well for Ray. He hopes Ray he gets an infection. He hopes that they have to <laughs> amputate Ray's they, leg. His leg. Oh, yeah. And then uh, as he's talking, Selena Vega walks out to no music and confronts uh, Escobar. She puts on another great performance. After last week, she stole the show with her performance after reacting to Escobar turning. She comes out and she says that the only person she hates more than Escobar is herself forever trusting him. And then slaps the hell out of him. Santos grins. And then uh, as she's walking to the back, crying, visibly crying, uh, Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wild walk out. Uh, Escobar says that he made Wild and del Toro. He calls del Toro Raul, his own name, Raul Mendoza. So mm -hmm. a little messed up there. Uh, the two walk to the ring and Santos sticks out his fist and he says they need to be the family again. And he says uh, the two yell at Escobar saying that what he did is uncalled for. And then he tells them to leave. They are dead weight anyway. Santos then attacks them from behind. And he says that he made them and he can destroy them. But before he can continue the attack, Carlito comes out to make the save. And Santos escapes through the crowd. And then it's a made for official for Survivor Series next Saturday. Santos Escobar versus Carlito in a grudge match. Dutch, what did you think about this segment, Santos' performance, and the matchup made for Survivor Series? Well, I liked it because I'm used to promos in Spanish because I've listened to so many of them. Very well delivered. And he told the story half in English, half in Spanish. Everybody understood it anyway. And then uh, I like when he got to the part about, Ray, you lay it in your hospital bed. I hope you don't get better. I hope you get an infection. <laughs> and it was, it was funny to me. Then she comes out, and then he, she slaps him. And I was surprised that he didn't do anything to her, snatch her. But he he did it was better the way they did it. And she walks out past the guys, they come in, then he does his deal, and then uh Carlitos enters very well executed and not overdone. So now we'll see what they do at the pay-per-view. We shall see. We shall see what goes down. I think uh it's gonna it's it's 
been well for the first two weeks that they've done this. I understand the nature of everything. It's got it's it's definitely a rush process because they didn't know uh, that Ray injury would worsen the way that it did that forced him to get surgery. But I think they've done well with these first two weeks of this. They've season. adjusted well then. Yeah. They've adjusted yeah. really well. Okay. Uh, next, we had Grayson Waller uh, versus Cameron Grimes. Nothing much to this one here. Uh, we, our streak of good TV throughout this show ended here as uh, Grayson Waller gets the win. Two minutes, 42 seconds. He gets the win with his uh, rolling cutter finisher here. Any thoughts? Yeah, Austin Theory okay. was on commentary. Yeah, It's okay. And Grayson Waller, I mean, uh, the Grimes, when he came out there, there was not a person in that crowd that knew that thought he was going to win. They know what he's there for. but And they delivered, and it ended up the way everybody thought it would end up. And yeah. and, and that's maintenance. They just did maintenance on the on the team of Waller and uh, Grayson, Grayson Waller. What's the other guy's yeah. name? Uh, Austin Theory. Oh, yeah. Hey, he, he, he sent he sent his picture when I was in TNA. He sent his uh, resume to TNA. I was going to book him, but I think he got booked somewhere else because I looked at him. I said, "This this kid's got something. He has the what they call the it factor, and I think he's got it. And we'll see how far he goes in WWE. But those guys can produce. We shall see. Next up, we had Solo Sokoa making his return to SmackDown and Paul Heyman with uh, a, a, a prototypical vintage Paul Heyman promo. He comes out Classic. and he says there was going to be an acknowledgement of Solo Sokoa. Jimmy Uso was also in the ring. Heyman fired up and introduced the 16-time world champion, the greatest of all time, John Cena. And finished it by saying, we'll not be here tonight. He's uh, not Heyman, here tonight. Heyman says Cena will never appear in a WWE ring ever again. And it's all thanks to Solo. Heyman called a kid in the front row, called out a kid in front row crying, which has been a, like a running thing all night from anyone who has a microphone, it seems. Uh, Heyman said, Cena has admiration for all the fans, but he doesn't have the heart to say goodbye to the WWE Universe and the C-Nation. Because of that, Heyman said he gets to say goodbye to John Cena and for John Cena. Heyman went Goodbye. on to, to say, uh, on behalf of the bloodline, John Cena, goodbye. He teased a cue for John Cena, three, two, one. But Cena never came out. Heyman reiterated the fans will never experience the John Cena thing again. And that was all thanks to Solo. Okay, at this moment, let me ask you, did you think Cena would come out or not? No. Not ever. I didn't either. But you think the fans thought, well, he might yeah. come. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he laid it on so thin. Well done. I, I would, the, the, the fans who are not, like, hasn't watched as much wrestling as me and Dutch Mantel, they would say, yeah, yeah, I, be, I believe Cena was going to come out. Uh, Heyman then says that if Cena ever comes back, Solo Sikoa is going to have to be his opponent. Heyman went on to say to Jimmy and said uh, that it would have been the greatest promo of Cena's career. But Cena won't be able to say goodbye. He won't be able to talk because Solo spiked Cena in the throat. 
Heyman said, no one can see Cena because Cena isn't there. And before Heyman can continue and say it was all because of Solo again, LA Knight's music hits. He says that the only reason Roman Reigns is still champion today, and that's because of the bloodline, yeah. Uh, he says yeah. everyone, everyone knows that's a problem, yeah. Uh, Knight said, if there's a problem, <laughs> there's only one. There's only one problem solver, and that's LA Knight, yeah. Knight said the bloodline will cease to exist because Knight will make that happen. He says that everyone will fall until it's just Knight and Roman, and he's going to take them out one by one. He says the first stop on that path is Jimmy Uso, and he calls Heyman MC Boss Hog, and he raps. MC what? Boss Hog? Boss Hog. Uh, Yeah. And he raps a little and uh, says that he, he... Jimmy Uso, he's had enough of the drama. He's going to hit him with the BFT, blunt force trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he says that LA Knight is going to beat him tonight. And that led into our matchup between LA Knight and Jimmy Uso. Jimmy Uso took a little bit of the heat after Solo had the advantage. I mean, uh, after LA Knight had the advantage early on after Solo Sokoa and Paul Heyman got a phone call from Roman Reigns and went to the back. Uh, this led to Jimmy. Now that was a- lame. That was lame as shit. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta take it back here. Okay. This leads to Jimmy taking a little bit of the heat for about like five minutes of the matchup, but of course, LA Knight would make his comeback eventually, hitting the BFT to get the victory in this one. This one going j- less than ten minutes after the matchup. Solo Sokoa's music hit. He comes out. Him and uh, Jimmy attack a knight. Solo delivers the Samoan spike to L.A. Then then dismantle the commentary table. They look like they're about to take him out there. But then the music of Cody Rhodes hits. And out comes the Raw star. He comes out and brawls with Solo and Jimmy along with L.A. Knight. And they stand tall in the ring. And then backstage we see LA, uh, we see Nick Aldis talking to Cody Rhodes and removing him from the building because he didn't want him to get involved in SmackDown business. But a lot of interesting stuff in this segment. Cody Rhodes continuing his involvement in the Bloodline storyline. We seem like the wheels is running to WrestleMania already as it comes to Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns too. And we got LA Knight picking up the victory here. What did you think, Dutch? We're working to WrestleMania 40 with Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. I would think that if they're ever going to do anything with Cody, he has to capitalize then. The first one, 39, we could we could work with that. But the 40, I think it's Cody's time. He has to take it. And we'll see what he can do there. And I think by that time, Roman's wanting to go home for a while. He wanted to take a rest. But I've been hearing that. But you don't see him every Friday anyway. So he works about a half schedule anyway, which is fine because it doesn't hurt him at all. It actually might help him if they don't see him so much. He's only worked 11 matches this year. So he don't work any house shows? Uh, the, The 11 matches include four house shows. So the rest of them have been TV? Seven TV pay-per-view matches this year. Hmm. Well, he's really working a good schedule. That is really, really good. So he can sit at home and do it. So, but uh, I think that was well done. 
tells a story, and we'll see where we go from here. Again, I say that's why everybody watches because the whole thrust of any kind of angle or the whole or the whole show, the whole company can be thrown into limbo off off one one TV, one greatly produced TV. So all your angles can change overnight. So that's why we watch it. Indeed, you are correct. That is why we watch it. But that is all that went down on SmackDown this week. Dutch Mantel, please let the people oh, know. We had the, we had the we had the girls. What? What do you? We talked about the girls at at the oh at the end of the show. Okay. Yeah, we talked about it. we talked about that at the top. And of the that's show. hey, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you were going in line. See, you went to the end first. You didn't tell me that, and I forgot about it. I, I uh, did. I covered everything involved in the main story with damage control. Riju, don't believe anything he says. He's he's lying like hell. I did that perfect. Okay, go ahead. You know, at an hour, you know, we're perfect on the dot, Dudge. Let the people know where they can follow you on social media and your great oh, YouTube okay. channel with your podcast. 101,000 oh, subscribers. A hundred. Now, that surprised the hell out of me. 101,000 subscribers as of today. And you can find me, Storytime with Dutch, on the YouTube channel. And... Uh, we do the, when do we do the, uh, where, where, do, where do they see this? Sports Keto this, Wrestle Binge. Sport, I cannot get that straight in my head. But uh, you can see me there, or if you want to talk to me, or if you want to say anything bad about Sid, and I'll write you right back and agree with it. Uh, Dirty Dust Mentel, with two L's, at uh, gmail.com. And also, the university. University of Dutch Caps, now on sale. So you contact me there, and I'll tell you how to get those two. Plus, I have two books. I usually have them here, but they're they're for sale, too. So just just keep subscribing, keep listening. And uh, wait, I, I'm, I'm confused. What happened to Rick? Why is he sick? He got, he got a cold or something. I don't know. He lost his okay. voice. And then he got into an uh, uh, an accident, but I he did get into an accident. Yeah, that's we hope, why. We hope he's feeling better. We like we said, we 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 hope that he is back with us next week. And where can they find you, Sid? They can find me on the Twitter machine at TrueHeelSP3. <laughs> that is T R U No E. Uh, that is where you can also find the True Heel Heat YouTube channel. Over on YouTube, we're not as big as Dutch, but we're at 10,000 subscribers over there. Go over and I'm subscribe. Coming. And uh, yes, we are going live tomorrow for the True Hill Heat flagship podcast at 11.05 a.m. Eastern time. Myself, Miss Chrissy Love, and The Real Classic will be joining us to talk all things AEW ahead of AEW Full Gear. But we also talk WWE, Impact Wrestling, ROH, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Plus, much, much more. So join us over there, the True Hill Heat flagship podcast. But until next Friday, for Dutch Mantel, for Rick Uchino, I am SP3, and that has been Smack Talk.